Welcome to the Move the Stairs podcast by the Denver-based public relations strategist at MNC Communications. We help clients from the CBD industry to nonprofits and beyond tackle their toughest communications challenges and protect their brand using our state-of-the-art tools and strategies. I'm president and founder, Diane Mulligan. For us, public relations is all about brand protection. We are experts in growing active communities, deflecting negative public relations, and building trust to help our clients stand head and shoulders above competitors. I'm Vice President Sarah Beatty. We're all former journalists. We've been in front of the camera and behind the scenes. We call our experience insider media relations, helping clients turn crisis communications and media relations challenges into opportunities that bolster the bottom line. And I'm PR manager Jordan Sherman. At MNC, we craft distinctive and effective solutions for your communications challenges. We call it our Move the Stairs philosophy. On this podcast, we share our best ideas for brand protection, crisis communications, media relations, and more. Let's get right to it. This week's Move the Stairs podcast. Well, hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Move the Stairs podcast. We are recording on Wednesday, January 12th, 2022. First Move the Stairs of 2022, you guys. And we are so happy that you have joined us for today's exciting conversation. It is going to be exciting because, you know, um, we talk so much about the FDA. And as usual, they're continuing to drag their feet in developing regulations for CBD. Well, and it has caused so many business owners sleepless nights trying to figure out what they can say, what they can't say, um, how to be thought leaders. And really, they don't have a whole lot of guidance from the FDA on on any of that. So that's why we like to bring on experts like the one we have uh, joining us today. Uh, Asa, he is an expert on exactly what the FDA has said about CBD. Um, And he's going to help us here as he's helped many companies stay as compliant as possible, uh, from writing press releases to instituting process controls. So uh, we are very excited to have him join us to share some of that knowledge uh, with all of you here on the Move the Stairs podcast. All right. Without further ado, let's bring Asa in. Asa, we're so excited to have you join us today. Um, You're the founder and principal of the Supplement Advisory Group, and for the past two and a half years, you've served as the chair of the Cannabis Committee of the American Herbal Products Administration. And we'd love to talk to you about how our CBD business owners can really move the stairs and keep their businesses out of the crosshairs of the FDA regulators. So I think this is a, a great thing. And you've been in the supplement market since 2001. Is that right? That's right. I've been a lot around a long time. I had a lot more hair on my head. I might have even had a beard when I started making supplements in 2001. So I've been doing it a very long time. I've really grown up in the industry. So huge thanks and gratitude to you, Diane, Sarah, and Justin Jordan for inviting me to speak here. And hello to all the listeners out there, whether you're joining via video or audio. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. You know, I think it's so important and I'm looking forward to talking to you about your thoughts on where the industry is going and, and even probably more importantly, what CBD business owners need to consider so they can have brand protection, but at the same time, they can move the stairs. That's really important. Well, yes. so let's do, 
Yeah, we're and I just want to say, by the way, move the stairs is our internal phrase. We it's kind of like, you know, when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. So that's kind of what we mean by it. Like you got to figure out no matter what the challenges are, you know, what can you do? And so we're going to jump right into that topic. If you'll so Asa, just start us out here at the beginning of 2022. Where are we with FDA <laughs> regulation? Well, I'd say that we're pretty safe to say that we're in a regulatory holding pattern. That's pretty clear to everyone that's, that's been paying attention. So where are we with FDA and regulation? Well, we've got the FDA and we've got states and then we've got plaintiff attorneys and all these other acronyms, which we can get to if we want. But really right now, the FDA does not consider CBD to be a lawful dietary ingredient. But we're at an inflection point in the industry. I tell you what, everyone, we'll look back at this point in years to come and we'll kind of laugh and chuckle and be like, remember what it was like when we didn't really have a lawful pathway for CBD, but the consumers were demanding it. We had trade organizations um, and brands kind of self-policing and self-regulatory, uh, regulating each other. So we're kind of at this inflection point. It's, it's a once in a lifetime moment. So it's important to remember this. And so, what do, we, what do we do as dietary supplement and hemp product manufacturers? We have to act like we want to be regulated. And in my opinion, the best way to be regulated is a dietary supplement. So speaking of that, there's a couple bills, one in the House and one in the Senate. They're pretty good bills. Um, will they pass? I, my, I, I can make a crystal ball guess and say probably not anytime soon, but um, I'm not very good at guessing. But when and if something like that does pass, it'll treat uh, CBD or hemp cannabinoids as a dietary supplement and then fit into that framework of dietary supplements and dietary supplement regulation. So the best thing we can do now as hemp CBD companies is act like we want to be regulated, act as a dietary supplement. So I think you put it pretty, uh, pretty direct uh, that we are in a holding pattern right now when it comes to federal regulation. So I think what we have to do um, is look at the knowns. And one of the, the pieces out there that we can look at, and Asa, I know you've studied, are some of the warning letters that have been sent by the FDA. So how do you look into those letters when you're searching for clues with um, what, what you can say, what you can't say? Can you give us some insight into your process and how you digest that information? I love that question. <laughs> Thank you. I love reading warning letters and enforcement plans. I just that's, that's kind of strange. Lisa, that's a little odd. <laughs> I, I know. I love it. I write a weekly post called Warning Letter Wednesday. Really, that just gives me a reason to spend late on Tuesday nights writing Warning Letter Wednesday and reading enforcement trends. So I like to find I find it useful to think of all marketing as extensions of the label. If we wouldn't write it on a product label, maybe such as anxiety, hopefully we wouldn't write that on a CBD product label. We should be very careful and probably not use that in marketing. So when I'm digging into these warning letters, I'm looking for trends. I'm looking for things that we can learn from to help adjust our marketing. A lot of these are high risk buzzwords. So anyone who follows my post or watches any of my videos, knows that I use this word all the time, high risk buzzwords or this phrase. So what is a high risk word that I oftentimes see in warning letters? Well, insomnia, the word insomnia is a disease claim. 
there has been 45%, here's a fun fact for everyone here, there's been 45% more insomnia warning letters in 2021 than in the previous year. This is an enforcement trend. I kind of look between the lines and say, yeah, there's been a lot of insomnia showing up or other high-risk words such as Alzheimer's, opioid sport, of course, COVID. And here's an interesting one, Jordan, arthritis. Arthritis is the most widely referenced itis, meaning ends in I-T-I-S, it means inflammation of, of all the itises. So arthritis in particular is very high risk because the FDA kept, keeps referencing it again and again in warning letters. So I don't know if that answered your question, but I wanted to kind of share, one, the fact that I'm super passionate about reading warning letters, and two, the kind of tricks of the trade of reading between the lines as a way to potentially adjust our marketing. No, I think that's brilliant information. And the fact that you're able to track trends year over year and say, hey, in 2021, insomnia was that buzzword that was getting the attention of the FDA. I think that's fantastic. And it's, it's great things for people to know and CBD and hemp producers to, to be aware of. And, you know, and knowing these types of things help you stay out of crisis. But also, we're always looking for opportunities. And so... In what you're seeing, what do you think are the best opportunities for CBD owners as they're trying to learn more from these warning letters? Well, by learning how to read enforcement trends, we can adjust our marketing. So what was low risk yesterday is high risk tomorrow. So by, by learning things like insomnia, if there's anybody out there who acts inadvertently has insomnia or arthritis or anything like that in their marketing, then they should probably remove it, right? Or adjust it or replace it with a lower risk alternative. I've got, we could talk all about, we could talk a lot about alternative suggestions for high risk words. So really the best thing that MCBD companies can do is learn these enforcement trends and then adjust accordingly. So here's some really interesting um, factoids, I guess, for lack of a better word is Hashtags, meta tags, product reviews, testimonials, these are all considered marketing and are considered claims if they've got any disease words in there. So hemp, some hemp CBD companies that are following enforcement trends can then adjust their marketing accordingly and say, you know what? Pain relief. I think I used that in a, a social media post. Um, maybe I should remove that. And I've got one other really interesting fact that I wanted to share with all our listeners and all the audience out there is the FDA and FTC, they look at a several year old social media post in the same manner as a current one. So this wow. is going to freak everybody out. So <laughs> social so, media audit. All of our faces. And for those of you that are old enough, will remember that we just did the Mr. Bill face. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> like, Several years ago? Holy moly. Yes. You know, I was teaching a, I do a lot of public speaking and I was teaching a course, I think it's somewhere in Texas last year. And I was talking about this thing in particular and someone at the back said, oh, bummer. But they said more of an expletive and we all kind of <laughs> And I feel like that was a good sign of, um, you know, having the light bulb go on so we can protect ourselves. So check this out. I got really excited a few months ago and I saw the oldest social media post that I've seen referenced in a, in a warning letter. It was a 38-month-old Facebook post that the FDA referenced in their warning letter. So my homework for everyone tonight is go home and or go back to your offices 
and clean up your old social media posts. So this is a kind of a good applicable example of how by reading warning letters and enforcement trends, we can then protect our companies and our marketing strategy. I think you've given people some more sleepless nights. Here. <laughs> <laughs> you've got an earth for that. We've got earth. We've got a great plan. That's right. <laughs> oh man. Goodness gracious. Okay. Well, now that everybody has their homework um, and you've mentioned this, you put out this weekly newsletter that I feel like everybody ought to go sign up for a weekly newsletter that looks at regulatory issues. Um, when you're thinking about it, how can listeners, CBD business owners use it as a way to help build their thought leadership, their, um, you know, ability to speak to trends in the industry, changes in the industry, and the, and their positioning that makes them that industry expert that everyone wants to be. Yes, indeed. I love it. So follow Warning Letter Wednesday. It's hashtag Warning Letter Wednesday. I've got a LinkedIn group it's on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. So step number one in becoming a thought leader or thought promoting and emulating thought leadership is by sharing things that you think are interesting. So maybe it's sharing, um, hey, move the stairs podcast. That's a really good idea. By sharing that, you're moving the needle, you're moving the stairs, wink, wink, toward thought leadership. Then the next step is commenting, commenting on interesting material. Hey, that was this was a great move the stairs podcast. It really got me thinking about my own, my own thing. And this really, this really is a, a great way to start thinking as a thought leadership. And one of the things that I found when I was, I continue my, I, I'm going to call it my thought leadership journey or my entrepreneur journey is by learning about things and sharing them and commenting. It inspires me and it sparks my own interest um, to, to my own thoughts about what I want to post. It's really important to me. So I oftentimes like to say um, by emulating other thought leaders, that helps me find my own authentic voice to talk about pressing issues. So here's a really good, I guess, tip I'm going to call it. So here's a good recipe for thought leadership is what problem am I having now and how can I be extremely helpful to others in helping to solve the same problem? That's really the key to thought leadership as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, you bring, I think that's a great point, Asa, and understanding um, regulatory information, especially as these trends are changing with warning letters, I think that's a great place to do it. And of course, you do that with your warning letter Wednesday. But how helpful do you think this information could be uh, for a CBD company that is involved in a crisis where they have gotten that warning letter and the gut, you know, their gut just drops and they're saying to themselves, oh, no, what do I do now? <laughs> well, I don't know about if. If you do get a warning letter, I've, you know, I've made a video for, you know, reasons to avoid a warning letter. And in there, there's context of, you know, how, how to respond and that kind of thing. So how, to, how does being a thought leadership help you in a crisis? Why don't I try to try to address, address that point? So knowing when to react and when to not overreact is really important. So um, here's a good example. Early on in the pandemic, I saw a lot of companies rushing to educate their consumers about what COVID is. Here, we need to educate everyone about what COVID is, which was silly because everyone has Google, right? Search engine, they could figure it out. So a lot of these commercial companies were educating about what COVID and coronavirus is. 
in the context on their own commercial website or in the context of their product. Now, this led to numerous warning letters for implied COVID claims, because if you're talking about what COVID is, and then you're talking about your product in the same context, that's considered marketing, especially when it comes to hashtag COVID, hashtag coronavirus. There's a lot of warning letters that involved hashtags and just a couple other things. So by understanding regulatory compliance, you understand when to react and when not to over when not to overreact. So then you don't inadvertently rush to educate the consumer in this example about what COVID is and then end up with one of those bad warning letters. That's a great tip. I think that's really, really important. And I think it is something that you can always take a breath. Um, whenever there's a crisis there, take a breath and gather your thoughts, really think through what you're going to do. You don't have to jump out there immediately. So very important. We couldn't agree with you more. So I want to know, do you believe that thought leadership and being in the know can prote protect a CBD business's brand? Absolutely. So here's a really good example that's very timely. A study came out, I think yesterday from Oregon, about COVID and cannabinoids. We probably all saw it. Yeah. Now, I received, I personally received several requests for comments, client guidance. My billable hours are ticking up just because of this study because people want to know <laughs> how can, I mean, I love being helpful, but you know, I've got also got a business to run. So, no, so knowing the do's and don'ts about citing clinical studies is, um, is really important. It's leading to quotes in the trade press, new client support. But most, most importantly, it can really lead to not, as you mentioned, Sarah, taking it, we have to take a deep breath, not falling into the trap of inadvertently making a COVID claim. And I really expect to see a, several, if not at least a few, COVID-related FDA and FTC warning letters related to this clinical study, this in vitro study about COVID and cannabinoids. I've already received one email in my inbox that talks all about the study, and that's why you should buy my product. So being a thought leadership and being in the know, really, this is one way to protect your brand is by, again, taking a beat and understanding the regs. And if you're linking clinical studies to material connection, be really, really careful. And if nothing else, make sure that you're not using high-risk buzzwords or is that, that phrase again, such as COVID. Yeah. Well, that is really good advice. And I'm thinking because your inbox is hopping so much um, and, and you mentioned your billable hours. So I'm, I'm really thrilled. You've told us that companies will reach out to you to review their press releases and maybe other materials as well. So they don't get in trouble with the FDA. What are some examples that you can give us of how companies reach out to you for that kind of you know, consulting, expert consulting? It's usually last minute, <laughs> such as, hey, we've got this press release approved by everyone. We just wanted to run it by you. Would you, would you mind uh, stepping out of dinner with your wife and reviewing this for five minutes? It's always last minute, and it's cool because I love this stuff. So really, ex examples of um, issues are always claims is we developed X and X CBD product for the treatment. That'd be a word that you wouldn't want to use, treatment of Alzheimer's and COVID. Really, it's the same philosophy of everything is an extension of label. So a press release is considered marketing. That's considered in many ways an extension of label. So you wouldn't want to say we developed our product for Alzheimer's care because that would 
that could potentially lead to the FDA looking deeper and potentially could lead to a warning letter. And I'm just curious, Asa, you know, are there specific areas of concern that CBD business owners should consider when writing a press release removed from kind of that extension of the label? Are there other areas that you see them getting into trouble sometimes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. Again, don't say anything that you wouldn't want to put on your label. Remember that press releases don't go away. They are timeless. They're around forever and ever. So don't say anything that could be embarrassing. Also, you don't want to say anything that would scare away investors. You wouldn't want to say anything that um, would be um, talking poorly about another company. Because who knows, in the in the future, maybe that company might want to merge with you or something. So <laughs> or buy you outright. <laughs> or buy you outright. So you don't want to denigrate anybody uh, because that could lead to other lawsuits. But also, I would say be really careful with making big, bold statements that a company can't back up, such as number one CBD product or best CBD product in, in the world or in the country, because this can lead to competitor challenges. Many of you may or may not know there's something called the National Advertising Division. They're an arm of the BBB, Better Business Bureau. So companies can bring competitor challenges in the NAD courts, and it's really serious. So if a company doesn't comply with an NAD challenge, uh, they, that can lead to a class action lawsuit or an FT, FTC um, administrative complaint or very serious ramifications. So you want to be careful to not make any bold statements that are going to poke your competitors into challenging you in, in a court of law. I think that's really important because there's a lot of um, hyperbole many times in a press release. So it's really good to, to think that way and to understand that um, your competitors do have a remedy if they feel that you've made some type of a claim that in any way denigrates their product over your product. So in light of all this, you know, some people may say, forget press releases. I'm not even going to go out there. It's not worth the risk. Um, to, to get out there and build media relationships. Would you agree with that? I like press releases. So I would not, I would not agree with that. I really like them. I think they're important. They're a legitimizing factor just to plug the move the stairs podcast. I was at the gym. I'm training for heli snowboarding. I live in Colorado. We like really extreme, funny, fun stuff here. So I was training this week on the stair climber about floor 120 or something. I popped on my Move the Stairs podcast with Laura uh, from Hemp, Indus Hemp Industry Daily. What a great podcast. What a great episode if the listeners haven't seen that. So how do, how do the trade press get a hold of stories? How does Laura get a hold of stories? A lot of it comes through press releases. So it's a really legitimizing factor. It makes it much easier to get picked up. So I like press releases. They're, you don't have to be official. It doesn't cost a lot of money to do one. You want to make sure that you're being ethical, you're being truthful, not misleading. But I think it's a really um, a great way to highlight things. If you send out a press release every two days, like, hey, guess what? Ace learned how to tie his shoes today. Um, that would be a, that'd be a silly example of right. you know crying wolf. But I really do like them when a company wants to highlight something that's important to them, such as a social justice issue. Here in Colorado, we just had these terrible fires. If a company wanted to donate to, to a fire charity, then that's why we're donating all of our profits from blah, 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 CBD product to the Marshall Fire Rescue. 
having that as a press release, it's kind of braggadocious, but it also helps get the word across. So I do, I do enjoy press releases. Well, we would agree with you. Plus, you know, um, reporters are constantly looking for ways to localize stories and to get comments on stories, whether they're national stories or local stories. And if they've seen your press release, then you're top of mind. And that's a really good thing. So you just have to be careful how you write them. So Asa, this has been great. Thank you so much. And before we leave you, tell us exactly how people can get a hold of you. Well, my name's Asa Waldstein. That's A-S-A Waldstein. So the best way to get a hold of me is at asawaldstein.com and get ready for a lot of information. I have a lot of free regulatory stuff. You can link to my LinkedIn page. I'm really active on LinkedIn for anyone who knows me. You can link to my Twitter page, my Facebook page, my regulatory hints videos. I've got a YouTube channel that is filled with regulatory hints. As I'm speaking and presenting to, uh, to uh, different companies and, and groups, I have a saying, I have a video for that. <laughs> everything on my YouTube channel is totally free. So you can find that all at asawaltstein.com. Well, we can't thank you enough for joining us on this Move the Stairs podcast. Um, you are so welcome to come back again. I want to talk more to you about buzzwords because I think there's probably, we could do a whole, a whole <laughs> podcast just on buzzwords. So thank you so much. Have a fabulous day. Thanks so much. It's my great honor to be here. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Bye. Thanks, Thanks Asa. Okay, so everybody wow. needs to go check their social media for yes. more <laughs> than three years. Right. Go check all of your social media, your hashtags, your meta tags, your description. Like, oh, wow. That's I know. <laughs> you know, he called those those high-risk buzzwords. Yeah. Um, and then when he was talking about press releases, he's like, remember, don't make any claims and don't say you're the best in the world because that's not a great thing. Um, so that's really important. And then what about thought leadership? Jordan? Yeah, I, I just... Take away? I, my takeaway from Asa on thought leadership is just being in the know and how powerful... Yeah knowing what is happening in the industry, despite there being this regulatory standstill um, at the federal level, there are still things happening that CBD and hemp business owners, they need to know about so that they don't fall into any of the traps that some of their colleagues may have fallen into. Absolutely. I loved his when to react and when mm -hmm. not to react was very important. Mm -hmm. Really, really important. That, this was a great one. I really well, enjoyed this. I love the idea. I And I hope... Uh, that Asa is absolutely right, that we are at an inflection point. Like, wouldn't that be something fabulous to see movement mm -hmm. on in 22? That would be, that would be all right. It sure would. Fingers crossed. Maybe by the time we publish this, we'll see something. Probably oh. not, but I, you know, I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not thinking. I'm, I'm going to make a prediction. That's not going to happen. That's okay. That is awfully enthusiastic, but it's nice of you to think that way, George. Exactly. Positive vibes, positive there vibes. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you again to our special guest, Asa Waldstein, excuse me, founder and principal of the Supplement Advisory Group for joining us on the Move Stairs podcast. And thank you all for listening. We will catch you next time for our next all-new episode of the Move Stairs podcast. Tune in. We'll have that in a couple of weeks.